All right. Well, welcome back to the For Many People Strength Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jamie Nugabauer, joined by the man who is confident that he knows the Qatar national team lineup up and down. It is Matt Gourley. Gourley, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. And don't uh, don't also oversell it too much. But uh, <laughs> I, I do have a hopefully a, a bit of a read on Qatar. So we'll see how right I am. Well, I mean, so I kind of joke. I was pretty impressed with them at the Gold Cup uh, last year. They played some nice soccer, couldn't finish. If they could finish, you know, decent chance that they make it to the semis, the finals. They played nice stuff. They put a lot of balls in the back of the net, just weren't, I guess, clutch when the time came. But, uh, you know, what can we know about this uh, this Qatari opposition that Canada will face uh, tomorrow, 10 uh, a.m. or 11 a.m., I should say, I believe, Mountain uh, and 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I mean, uh, at the start of the Gold Cup, I thought their finishing was pretty decent, but they uh, they certainly played pretty open at the Gold Cup, and that's certainly not how I think they're going to want to play moving forward. Um, they're, uh, they're very experienced. Um, one of the things I think is going to be interesting as a matchup is their, their midfield, uh, sort of a midfield double pivot with uh, Boudiaf and, and Hatem. Um, but then also Alhados, their captain, the number 10. He's sort of in the midfield, but sometimes plays off on the right. But those three guys uh, all have 100 caps pretty close. I think it's uh, Hatem's at 96 or something. So it's a really experienced midfield. I think it's going to be interesting to see how Canada... Um, does against the midfield because it's a match where I, I hope Canada does control the midfield um, because I think that's something that they're going to need to do against Morocco. Um, and there's a bit of a similarity here, I think, in terms of how the teams play. Um, sort of good technical possession-based, but um, up front, uh, Almo Ali and uh, Afif are two pretty good players and probably two of their bigger names. Um, Ali's uh, a pretty good player and uh, a pretty lethal score and um, didn't show that against the U.S. in that, uh, that Gold Cup semifinal. But he's a guy, if you give him space, he can hurt you. And I think that's going to be good to watch as well in terms of how the Canadian defense deals with some guys that, you know, um, have some good, you know, have some quality. And if you give them a little bit of space in the final third, they can they can tear you up a little bit. So uh, that's the other thing I'm interested in. Um, the other player that really stands out for me for, for Qatar is uh, their number three, Hassan, who used to be kind of a left winger, left left fullback, but it's tucked into a back three. But he's a very good player. He might be their best player. I don't think he, I don't think too many people think of him that way. You know, um, you know, Almo Zali, I think won the Golden Boot in the Asian Champions League and stuff. So those are guys that have done some things on the continent, uh, obviously. But Hassan's pretty good. That being said, I think the the back line might be the weakest point. And I think hopefully um, Canada is able to generate some chances, but um, they do have a, a Portuguese born right fullback who's pretty decent, has some pace and uh, their left back is, is decent as well. And he kind of forced Hassan to tuck in a little bit and play a different role. So that shows he's got a bit of quality too. So decent on the flanks, but um, obviously Canada's also really decent on the flanks. So without, uh, Without Tejan Buchanan, I assume um, that might change things up a little bit on the right side, but there's still options there. And I'm curious if they do decide to play, um, decide to play Richie Larea in more of an advanced role than we might normally see him. But I'm, I'm curious kind of how, how Herbin approaches this in terms of formation, at least. Yeah, I guess I should uh, backtrack for people who are just joining or don't, don't really follow Canada too much. Qatar 
uh, played in the North American, Central America, Caribbean region, uh, you know, regional tournament in 2021. And so there was opportunity for John Herdman and, uh, and I guess Matt Gurley to see them up close. Obviously there's no hiding in the world anymore with video and, and, uh, just the, there's so much information out there about everybody. So it's not, uh, it's not like it's a guitar is going to be a mystery. And obviously it, it is a friendly. So the results, you know, it's important to get a result, to get results and, and, and everything. But I think, um, you know, this window is really, really about minutes for certain guys for, especially for Canada and can't speak to the goals of Qatar, but that, that Portuguese fullback you're talking about, I believe his name is Roro, which is yeah. uh, kind of a neat name. So uh, that's that's not on his birth certificate. It's uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's Pedro like, Miguel Carvalho Deus Corella is his yeah name. Pedro Miguel. That's that's sort of what it is. So it's the the Pedro uh-huh. part of of Roro. That's where right. that comes from. So if it's you see a Pedro Miguel, that's that's Roro. Yeah, the 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 one guy that I really remember, uh, and not really because I. I mean, I watched them and didn't really pick up too many individual players that, that I can think of right now from watching Qatar at the Gold Cup. But one guy that I remember was Akram Afif uh, because yeah. of his hair. <laughs> yeah, he does look a little bit like Jaden Nelson. He's yeah. got a little bit of the Jaden Nelson going on. But yeah. a nice player in the final third. Like when they, they have some yeah. nice sort of sweeping moves and stuff and yeah. they combine nicely. He's, he's off to at the heart of that. Um, and then, you know, Amo Azali is really just, just – the finisher of that group but uh obviously can also pull the strings a little bit too and then you get the, the attacking fullbacks so they you know they they combine pretty well they got some guys with some mm-hmm. good technical ability um which you expect from teams from that part of the world especially decent teams so yeah um, if he's played in uh in Yupin in uh Villarreal didn't play for Villarreal but was sent on loan to uh Sporting Gijon and uh, and then back to Yupin, uh, I believe, which is in Belgium. Um, so he's he's got some continental experiences. You mentioned and former Asian uh, Footballer of the Year award winner too. So he's certainly somebody you want to be uh, be paying attention to on Qatar. But I think we've given Qatar plenty of uh, of time here, Gurley. Uh, yeah, with respect sure. to them, you know, I guess. But uh, the, you know, they're 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 them, and we're here for Canada. So. Uh, yeah, it, it's an interesting situation. Obviously, the news coming out, John, uh, Jonathan Osorio didn't even make the trip. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Atiba Hutchinson, Mark Anthony Kay is uh, not going to play very much. Um, you know, so that really does leave sort of very little limited options in terms of very central midfield options. Sam Piet, uh, Kone and Estacchio, really the, the center midfielders that are you know, available, but obviously this team has a lot of versatility and you talked about there, about Richie Larea having versatility, either uh, being a fullback or getting forward on the wings. And again, we're not really worried about the wings. Sort of, it's really the spine for me that is the big question mark in this one. Kyle Aaron, not a lot of minutes for Bruges. You know, obviously Johnny David's still banging it in, but if you talk about sort of the very, very center of Canada, the spine, you know, the center back role and this the center midfield role, um, you know, it could be a real, a real, uh, mix and match, uh, job here by Herdman against guitar. I, uh, I think a stack will play big minutes, um, this window. We'll see what that means, but I, I think he'll start both matches and probably go at least 60 for both. It'd be 
if he went 90 for both, that wouldn't actually shock me. I'm, I'm not sure Porto loves that, but it is yeah. what it is. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are talking about the lack of, of midfield depth, but you know, if, if you think that a is going to play a lot of minutes, you still have some guys there basically playing for one other spot. And I, and I think importantly guys that, um, are in the mix to be that guy that steps in because, you know, Hutchinson, you know, hopefully he's healthy, but he's not going to play a ton of minutes in Qatari if he is healthy. Um, Osorio's not necessarily a guy that you want being that um, defensive number eight um, role. So there's there's opportunities there for for Piet, for Kay, and for Kone. And I, I, I think Kay might start one of these matches. And I, I, I kind of hope he starts tomorrow. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I think, I think he, he's... In, he looked much, much sharper for, for Toronto FC in his last start, which was was great and I think really important because he's, he, he, you know, he started to look like he was getting back to fitness, but his timing was off. It's starting to come. So um curious if he does start, but certainly Sammy Piet could put in a shift. But I think Piet might be a better fit for the Uruguay match. Um, you know, and, and Kone needs minutes. It'd be great to get Kone some minutes. I, I would have loved to have seen Frazier get called in last minute when Cesario dropped out. I think Frazier could have come in and put in some work. And I think he deserves, I think he's of the quality that he could have been involved, but um, no, I think, I think it's going to be interesting if, if any of those, you know, uh, K Piet Kone can grab, um, grab some minutes in Qatar with a good performance in one of these two matches. Um, I'm not super worried about Kyle Laren. I mean, you wish he was playing more, but um you know, off season, mid season, he tends to do the business for Canada. So, um, you know, if he if he's sluggish and isn't looking good, then then I worry a little bit. We'll see how he does, but I'm going to go with the default that he's been in really good form for Canada for the past, you know, 18 months or so, and we just hope it continues. Um, you know, often you want to carry that good club form into your country, but. You know, there's been plenty of guys that have been in really good club form and haven't had a carryover. There's guys that don't seem to be able to score for for country or for club and manage to score for country. So, you know, I, I think Laren starts and I, I hope that he, he fares fairly well. Yeah, it's a great point. I think um, one of the things that's kind of the hallmarks of this Canadian men's national team is, um, you know, obviously John Herdman has said many times that he wants guys to be playing you know, big minutes, good minutes, important roles at tier, you know, one league, tier two leagues in, in Europe. And and I feel like he, uh, he doesn't belittle MLS at all. I'm not saying he does. He definitely also values MLS players, but um, you know, he, he certainly wants Canadian players to push themselves. And by that mean, get out of your comfort zone, get to Europe if you can. And, you know, I, I kind of feel that vibe from him. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, you agree with that. I'm sure a lot of people do, but uh, um, you know, it, it, that being said, uh, one of the hallmarks of this team is certain guys have either they're less involved as, you know, not as involved as they would like at their, you know, club team setup or not involved at all at their club team setup, but still come into Canada and, and play really well. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen that with, you know, Estacchio is uh, important for Paco de Ferreira. Um, played great and he was picked up by Porto and didn't play really a, for a lot at all for a while, but still played great. Uh, so Estacchio is an option. Now he's playing great for Porto, which is awesome. Um, you know, obviously maybe a guy like Kyle Aaron, again, you know, this is a great situation, an opportunity for him to 
to gain some of that confidence. So I think the culture is my point. My thesis statement here, I guess, is <laughs> um, is that the culture seems to be that guys are performing uh, even if they're not necessarily the main men where they're playing their club teams right now, which is good good news because that's what Canada needs. Yeah, absolutely, and and there's still going to be time after this window for for guys to maybe hit a little bit of form heading into into the actual tournament, and there'll be there'll be a camp and there'll be a, a you know one final friendly to you know get a little bit of cohesion. So um, you know we'll see how it goes and how some of the guys that aren't in form fare. But I think the other the flip side of that is there are some guys in really good form right now, and that's going to be exciting too to see if if a Theo Corbianu or a Liam Miller can carry. Uh, they're good form forward. I think, um, I think, um, why can't I think of his name? Junior Hoylet has played really, really well for Reading, and he's actually slotted into a bit of a wingback role. And I'm curious if he gets a look there as well at some point. Um, given that, uh, given that Buchanan won't be there, I, I think it's a good chance that Hoylet starts. It depends maybe if it's a back three or a back four. And then if you go with who goes on that right side of a, a four man midfield, if it goes that way, but um yeah it'll be interesting to see how some of these young players that are in, in in hitting a bit of form um if they can carry that over if and when they get a chance i certainly hope we see some of the uh the fringe players i don't think i don't think anyone's going to get a ton of minutes i know some people are talking about guys like waterman starting or whatever i just don't see that happening but you know i'd like to see waterman get half hour, especially you know i think qatar is a match to give waterman a half hour if they're going to do it you know spare vittoria's legs a little bit um, and prepare for Uruguay, which will be obviously a, a bigger test. But, you know, I am hoping that we get to see, um, you know, uh, some of the young wingers, Corbianu, um, obviously Koliashu would be great to see him get a, get a run out. I'd like to see Ugbo get some time too. So, you know, I mean, it, there's only so many subs you can make, but uh, hopefully uh, Friday is the chance to see some of the young attacking players and hopefully uh, Waterman finally gets his first cap. Yeah, I think to to that point, I mean, I think John Herdman is uh, very cognizant of the lack of time to get the team had and and was very vocal as much as he could be in public about the decision that uh, the players made not to play when they had that friendly against Panama and Vancouver um, in protest of those uh, the meeting between them and, and Canada soccer that I guess is still ongoing, deciding, you know, details about compensation and, and whatnot with regards to travel to the world cup and all that. I don't really want to talk about that too much, but uh, obviously just jogging people's memory. Um, and, and I think a big part of that will follow from that is these friendlies, I think will, you know, he'll start his best 11 uh, as best as he can every single game in you know this game and against Uruguay and against Japan and what you said about uh, Estacchio playing big minutes I think that really speaks to that I think Estacchio is going to play big minutes and you know if if it, Canada is scintillating and is embarrassing Qatar you know maybe that changes but I don't think that is going to happen uh, one bit so it, it'd be interesting to see you know how a guy like Joel Waterman even Derek Cornelius are used even if you know mm-hmm. John Herman has got brought guys in too uh Matt and and not played them too at friendlies and hoping that training and culture kind of integrates them and and all that so it'll be interesting to it'll be interesting to see you know uh, whether this is going to be sort of classic friendly time where it's 
a huge amount of subs at the end and everybody gets a gets a minute and everybody has a big smile at the end or if it's if it's sort of John Herdman wants that cohesion chemistry with his main guys and and really runs with them I I think you know you'll see the 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 best 11 for for a significant amount of time um and the reason you won't see them for maybe the duration is largely because you want them to be fresh and be able to put their best foot forward as as well as they can for Tuesday which is Mm -hmm. not to look past Qatar obviously they're going to be a a good test and and have a lot to play for and should be highly motivated but you know that Uruguay friendly is going to be the best friendly that Canada has had in years and years and years it's going to be an important match and um, it's a different kind of animal that Canada's faced um, both in the way Uruguay plays and the level of quality they have yeah. Um, so I think I think you'll see maybe even 60, 70 minutes against Uruguay of of the best eleven, which means there's just not going to be much time. And and then when you do get subs, it'll be you know freshening up some legs and maybe bringing on fresh legs. It's not really going to be about well, we better give this guy you know his his twenty minutes. It'll be well, you know this guy's the analytics says this guy's run X number of kilometers. We better sub him out for someone else, kind of thing. So that's why I do think that, that Friday's going to be the chance for um, a fringe player to make a case uh, and, and show what they can do. And hopefully the subs come a little bit earlier. But I, I, I think they'll, the the first 11 will get a long run out for Friday. I think it'll be a pretty close to unchanged team um, on Sunday. Obviously, there's, you know, guys like Atakubi or Larea or, you know, Hoylet. There's a few different ways they can line up and maybe they'll be in or maybe they'll be out. But, you know, David Davies, Estacchio, Laren, Johnson, Miller, you know, uh, obviously Vittoria. I think those guys start mm-hmm. both matches and play possibly close to 90 um, in both. So, um, as much as people get excited about wanting to see the new faces and seeing new players and all that and, you know, get a chance. Uh, I, I don't, I don't see that. I, I could be wrong, but I just don't think there's going to be a ton of time for the, the new players. So, but we'll see. It's, it's yeah. part of the fun of seeing the new faces, seeing them get integrated. I'm really curious about Koliosha, particularly having seen him with Espanol this season. Uh, he's an interesting player. I, you know, I've watched a f- far more, um, far more um, of uh, Blackpool than I ever would have thought would be. So, um, and, you know, it's been fairly entertaining. We're watching Reading. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how, how some of those guys fare as well. Yeah. I mean, almost no, uh, almost no Tejan Buchanan uh, in this. I mean, why, why play? I don't, I don't know how much we'll see. <laughs> So that so my point is that kind of does open a bit of a door for minutes yeah. for yeah. for Miller and, and Corbinu and even Colyosho. Um, because we talk about the rest of the lineup being guys that are gonna get a lot of minutes in this this window. Um, you know, there's just there's that 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 one spot is is a little bit a little bit open. Obviously, there's there's still you know Richie and there's still um you know at a Kubi, I think Coilet could play there, there as but, well. Yeah. yeah, Hoylet. Yeah, certainly. I'm sure John Herdman's happy that Reading's been creative with finding a way to put Junior Hoylet on the pitch. And and if Canada is it, you know, expects to have the ball against Qatar, and John Herdman's going to read that, then having a Junior Hoylet on the field anywhere, wherever he is, like when when Canada's mm-hmm. an attack, 
uh junior harlot's free to figure it out like often like wherever he feels like he's got to go john herman says you're that you're a create bit of a creative genius on this team so um you know that i'm not that, that that'll be interesting to see whether you know junior harlot's gets another you know fills in kind of for tejan and and he's been very versatile for this canadian team and done a pretty great job wherever he goes so then let's get into selection um and and i'll go uh, i'll go first if that's okay and then and then you can yeah say I'm crazy or, or whatever. So I thought I'd give you time since I'm the host, but obviously, you know, I think, I think it's uh, Milan Borian going to start in, in the net for against Qatar, uh, you know, back three, Alistair, Stephen Vittoria and Kamal Miller, um, you know, same, same as always there. And then, uh, you know, in the sort of like the, the holding kind of center of the park, it'll be Piet and Estacchio. Uh, and then, you know, I guess, Junior Hoylet, uh, Junior Hoylet, and then Johnny David and Alfonso Davies up top in a in a kind of uh, you call it a, a three four three there, you call it a a three five two, but I think Alfonso will play, uh, you know, way up the up the park, and uh, and it'll be interesting to see who the wide guys are. But I agree with you, Richie, out uh, on the right there, and Atakubi out on the left. Um, are, are how I'm look, expecting Canada to, to go here in this game. What do you think? Um, I think it might be more of a four-back, but as we've seen, that that four-back turns into three in the back pretty quickly, depending on mm-hmm. on who, who they're playing its keys. But I'll, I'll, I'll say in defense, it'll be a back four with uh, Johnston, um, Vittoria, Miller, Atakubi. Um, on the left of the four midfield, I think, you know, you'll see Davies in, in a, in a freeish role, but he'll, he'll start mostly on the left, but I think, you know, we saw him come infield um, during the nation's league a little bit. I think we'll see more of that, you know, as, as Atakubi gets up that left wing, you'll see Davies get a little bit more tucked in. Um, my, my big question is the right side. I'm going to, I'm going to guess it's Larea. It could easily be Hoylet, but my guess is that it'll be Larea. Um, and then I, I think Laren and David up top, and then the the two central holding mids, uh, obviously Estacchio, and I think I think KL start. I mean, it very well could be Piet, but I think it'll be one or the other. But I, my 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 hunch is that it's going to be K, partly because I think um, I think Piet will start against uh, Uruguay, but mm. it could could go either way. Piet could start both, but um, yeah, I, I'm just guessing it's K. That's just a, I don't I don't know how many minutes. Own. K has him in him in any game right now. Doesn't matter what. I, I I think he's got sixty. I really do. Um, okay. We'll see. And and, and okay. that might be good. That that, that then uh, that then gives you uh, you know a good half hour to get Coney out there. Um, I would kind of like. I'm curious about Coney playing against Uruguay because Uruguay presses so well and they're so quick and 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 I I would like to see Coney under real pressure again because I didn't think he coped very well with it against. Against Panama, that's polite. And the, pitch, of and the pitch wasn't great, and it just his touch was off. Like he just, yeah. he didn't settle at all. And I think part of it was the pressure and the tempo. And now he's had another, you know, six months of professional experience yeah. um, since then, and how he's how he's improved. And obviously, the guys that Uruguay are going to throw at you pressing is a whole different world compared to what Panama throws at you. But at yeah. the same time, you know. Uruguay is a team that's gonna gonna play at a high tempo and press the ball. So I think it'll be a good litmus test of Kone to see if he's where he needs to be. So I hope he does get some time in that second match. But well, I, I think so. he, he may see some time tomorrow as well. 
Yeah, that would be interesting. I think one of the things that I think about for this men's national team that's been great for the men's national team is the quality of coaching that the Montreal guys have gotten uh, mm-hmm. with Wilfred Nancy and his staff. I mean, you talk about uh, a staff like do, making a team way better than the sum of its parts, I think. You know, Nancy and, uh, and his staff in Montreal have coached that team so so well and they and they click and they they obviously all speak so highly listening to Alistair Johnson's interview uh of him and his staff but um just even from the outside like man Montreal just plays so well uh together and you know it's not like a glittering array of superstars like TFC's had in the past you know it's it's a good squad but it's not it's not that so you know again I'm really happy for a guy like Kone to be in that training scenario, as you mentioned, another year older with uh, Montreal, he's still a 20 year old kid. Um, but obviously lots of uh, sharks circling in England. So, um, and still new to his position. So, yeah. so, I mean, he's, there's a learning curve there. And I think one of the big things for Kone is that um, the reason why so many clubs are after him is because he just has a skill set. So many players in his role just don't have. I mean, he can just take the ball, great first touch, turn away from guys, run away from them. That that's not something you see a lot. Uh, sort of a holding midfielder, but he also has those winger instincts, which is great when he's going forward. But he also sometimes tries to do things, which you don't want to coach that out of him. You want him taking people on. That's one of the things that makes him so interesting, but yeah. um, it does lead to turnovers in some bad areas. Cause if you're a winger and you give the ball away, you know, you, it's usually the final third. It's fine. If, if you're number eight and you do it, it's often right from your back four. So um, he's been better with that as the season's gone on. He's playing, you know, uh, he had a really good match the last time I played for Montreal. So, uh, you know, it's always good to watch him improve and get better, but uh, curious to see if I feel he's ready to be thrown into a match against a Belgium or a Croatia in uh, in a couple of months' time. It's a it's a big ask for a young player with with his limited experience playing a, a position he's he's still certainly learning. Um, so yeah, it's it, uh, that's one of the reasons I do hope that he does play for Uruguay because uh, he's progressed decently. But mm-hmm. um, want to see him at a at a higher level for sure to see where he's at. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I think about this Uruguay game and um, it's the last time that before the World Cup and even into the World Cup where, uh, you know, I don't know how the world sees it. I think how I see it and how the how, how Canadian fans, you know, see it last time that we're kind of expected to dictate last time we're expected to be, you know, quote unquote favorites in a game. Again, not to take anything away from Qatar because nothing about them are going to be easy. But um, so last the last time, uh, I won't be sweating buckets going into a game. Uh, just a great experience, obviously. Very exciting. Obviously, Qatar, they're kind of comparing them, I guess, maybe to uh, Morocco to some degree. I think Morocco's probably got a deeper squad than than uh, a Qatar. I don't know if you agree with that. but uh, Mor- Morocco's yeah, got much better high-end players. Yeah. Um, but I do think... Um, in certain parts of the pitches, there's some comparisons, I think, particularly in the midfield. I think, you know, that's probably the weakness of the Morocco side. And it's it's a bit of a certainly one of the most experienced parts of the, the Qatari side. There's some quality there. And so I, I think that if if we're able to dictate the midfield against Qatar, that that makes me feel as though hopefully that's something that they could do as well against Morocco. That should hopefully be part of the plan against Morocco. Um, certainly it's going to be a different ask and a much more defensive task 
in the first two matches looking to hit them on the counter, which is where I think both Belgium and Croatia are likely a little bit more susceptible. But um, with Morocco, it'll be much more balanced in terms of possession. But I do think the midfield battle will be important uh, against Morocco. And certainly I think that'll be an important aspect to watch uh, on Friday. Yeah, for me, the most important thing right now is that the Canadian men's national team are getting game minutes together. And yeah. uh, in their formation, in their shape, uh, in their cohesion, in their confidence, those are the most important things. Even even more important than who they're, whom they're facing. I'm very excited, of course, for the Uruguay game, but very excited for this guitar game too because it's only three more dress rehearsals until uh, the real deal and I start sweating blood. Uh, every minute we've talked about my uh, how, how I'm a little bit uh, apprehensive not because I'm not thrilled but um, just because I feel like I'm going to be so stressed every minute Canada's there but we can talk about that more in the future but uh, Gurley uh, you know I'll give you the last word ahead of this Qatar game then if you had anything else to add but uh, you know we'll be back to to recap uh, we'll be back to recap this game and look forward to uh, the behemoth that is the $400 million plus club, like <laughs> the Uruguay national team, as John Herdman called them, they are pretty deadly. But first, it's Qatar. Uh, any last thoughts? I think the bottom line for me, and that you touched on it's really important, is that this is just a really great opportunity. I know, given Herdman's mentality, there will be certain tactical or technical things they want to work on, certain cues they're looking to do. There'll be some sort of game within the game plan that's important to execute that we might not even understand. And that's important too. Um, for me, it's about the, the, the performance. Um, you want the result, but for me, the performance is far more important than the result at this point um, for, for any match, but the prep time is important. And I hope that, uh, you know, the, the, the squad looks the way they did in qualifying and there's some good cohesion there and it, uh, see if they can get back to the level we, we saw them play, uh, you know, in, in the winter. 